Hello there and welcome to Better Words. I'm Michelle and I blog at The Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin and I blog at Just a Bookish Babe. Welcome to this week's episode. Caitlin, what have you been up to? To be honest, I thought about what I was going to say for this little bit. Um, I don't think we've ever actually said this, but Michelle and I like to joke that we sort of call this, you know, what we've been up to, what we've been reading, what we've been watching, stuff like that. We kind of call it like our consumption, like what yeah. we've been consuming. Because we're like multimedia sort of like it's not just what you've been reading because yeah, exactly. we talk about everything. Yeah. Um, and what I, my consumption for the past couple of weeks has just been the same because I've been watching The Crown and Arrow and Are you Supergirl up to season two yet? Yes, I'm up to season two of The Where Crown. are you up to? Oh, like two episodes in, I think. Oh my goodness. I'm up to episode eight and I'm just so into it at the moment. Like I'm just obsessed with it. I'm watching it every night and I think I might've got Jack a bit interested in it too. So we might even go back to the start and watch it from the start again. Yeah, I think him. he'd like it actually. Yeah, it's a very he interesting saw bits show. of it, and he was just like, "Oh, oh, this is really interesting." I'm, it is, I know, and you've is, missed the best bits. It is so oh, interesting. Yes, so I, I am obsessed. Been watching that, which we've probably mentioned like the past three episodes. Yeah, um, watching the super, the superhero DC TV shows Arrowverse, which I've also mentioned for the past freaking months. Um, I don't have anything else to say yet. I probably will mention it when I get to the musical crossover because, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Um, my reading, I am currently reading, and by currently meeting, reading, I mean haven't actually cracked the book open yet, but I will be reading it. I hope I want to start it maybe tomorrow. I don't think I'll be able to start it tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Eh. I'll be reading it on the weekend. Um, anyway, that would be Unqualified by Anna Faris. Nice. Which I am. You're going to love that. I know I'm going to love it. So I could have just pretended that I'd already started to read it, but that would be. <laughs> because a what if you false. don't? <gasps> I don't think that's possible, but imagine if you'd got on here and been like, it's amazing. And then you read it and you were like, oh my gosh, I don't nah. like this. Nah, I'll love it because it'll basically be. I almost considered getting it as an audio book because just to hear her because she reads it and it would have just been like listening to her podcast, but you I'll just get, read it. You don't get pictures though. Exactly. Like, yeah. I want all the cute pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just read it. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I listen to her podcast anyway, so it's not like I'm missing out on that. Yeah. Well, I have become obsessed with the show and it's one of the first times I've watched something week by week for ages because... Since we moved house. Netflix. Well, yeah, <laughs> since, since we moved house, we haven't had normal TV reception. Mm. So I just watch everything on catch up or, yeah, I mean, okay, to be Netflix. honest, I am watching Call the Midwife season five on ABC week to week as it goes on catch up, but this feels different. So I'm watching Trust Me, which we're getting on BBC First, um, which is an Australian channel because we get like um, through our, this is not an ad. Optus but through my like Optus Fetch TV you could subscribe to like a pack for six dollars a month and they had like UK TV and BBC First and a couple of other ones that I never watched because I literally just watched the same two British channels and seeing as how we didn't have normal TV I thought like for six dollars let's just get it and one of the shows that I found on there is I found so many random but brilliant shows is called Trust Me and it's got um, the woman, again, lack of research in this show <laughs> is absolutely astounding considering I'm a journalist. Um, so um, We it, never seem to research the things we've been watching or when we need to know an actor's name. Or we've anything. really, because like 
getting to the discussion later on. We've We've, really highly researched this today. We have done research for this episode, so I I hope you're prepared. I forgot to check this out. We just haven't researched this bit. So um, just tell me who the cast is. Will you Google? So Jodie Whittaker. Oh, wait, no. Oh, yeah, no, that is. I was like, wait, is that the character's name? No. (laughs) Jodie Whittaker is the person who plays it. She, I first saw her, she's the mum of someone who gets murdered in Broadchurch and she just portrayed that brilliantly. But I think she's more famous as she's going to be like the first female doctor on Doctor Who. Oh, I thought that name sounded familiar. I mean, I don't. Really. I have never ever like, seen. I've Doctor never watched Who, Doctor but I'm Who. Glad that there's it's be not a really, yeah, Doctor. it's not really my thing. But woo, girl power! I'm really yeah. excited. Also, she's a brilliant actress, so that's great. I'm loving her in this. Basically, I'm two episodes in. It's a four episode miniseries, um, and basically, this nurse um, wants to report some things that are happening in her health service. Instead, she gets pulled aside for bullying and um, suspended. And then she steals the identity of her friend who is a doctor who's moved to New Zealand. Ooh. Yeah, so she kind of like she steals her resume and then she kind of learns how to do stitches and stuff. Like she's already got a broad medical. She's got, <laughs> she's got a background as a nurse, so she. But she's not a doctor. No. Wow. Um, and then she gets a job as a doctor in an emergency department in Scotland and I'm quite enjoying seeing Edinburgh being like, ooh, ooh, I recognise that. Um and at the point where I'm at, like, it's not a spoiler to say that. That all happens in the first episode. Um, what's starting to happen now is, like, is her life going to unravel? Are people going to find out? How Probably. can she keep up the lie? Um, it's it's getting really interesting and I just love her in this That's role. Like, cool. she's so compelling and you're, like, you're doing a bad thing but at the same time I'm just, oh, it's so bad because people shouldn't pretend to be doctors. Yeah. But, but it's so good. Oh, it's such a good show, though, and I'm so conflicted because I, I can see why she did it. Well, see, this is like one of those <sighs> classic things. It's like just because you like the TV show or like the character doesn't necessarily mean you support what they are doing. Yeah, you don't have to agree with it. Exactly. But it's a really interesting I think my favourite example of that that I like to say is, you know, like Oliver Queen in The Arrow because he's basically a serial killer or even like, Barney Stinson, Neil Patrick Harris's character in How I Met Your Mother. It's like, oh my god, you're a terrible, terrible human being, but you're hilarious. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, it's like classic thing. You can just you can enjoy the character um, because it's fiction. Yeah, exactly. So I just have to tell you about this amazing movie I saw, and I've not had this reaction since I saw Spotlight. It's one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. Reminds me what I'm why I want to be a journalist. Um, the Post. It's Steven Spielberg's new movie. It's got Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks. It is about the Washington Post's decision to publish their Pentagon Papers. So it's not actually about the publication of the papers themselves, which were like highly classified and basically showed that the American government had been lying to its citizens for successive presidential administrations during the Vietnam War to allow this war to happen on completely immoral grounds Um, because what happened is the New York Times published first um, and they got taken to court and kind of there was an injunction to stop them publishing and what this movie explores is the Washington Post end up getting their hands on the documents and they have to decide are they going to publish it, are they going to get caught in this legal scandal, are they going to risk going to jail 
for the right to publish this information that the American public should know. Absolutely brilliant movie. I loved it. Wow. I loved it. I loved it so much. And there is what my friend jokingly referred to as journalist porn in it, which is the (laughs) old, um, because it's in the 70s, uh, 60s, 70s, um, the old typesetting and stuff that they did with the old like letterpress printers, pre-digital. And there's all these close-up shots of it and it, honest to God, is journalist porn. It's so beautiful and I'm just like, oh, look at those old printing presses and, like, I was just getting so excited. And also every time I see a film like that and I think about the the modern era of journalism and how incredibly lucky we are to have computers and I just think how, how did these people do this every day? How did they hand typeset every page? Like they had to to do it with the Such tiny hard little work. Oh I my can't God. believe it. Like I just look. There's a reason they call it the the daily miracle, and that is like because before digital. I mean, even with digital, now oh, we struggle even, to get. Like it's still mm. amazing that we get a paper out every day. Sometimes, like gosh, today it was looking like what am I going to do for the front page? But it just it just reminds me how incredible journalists can be, and. I think in this Trump era, it is an incredibly timely film to watch because it is also about um, the president trying to suppress the media. Um, Hashtag fake news. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Trump saying things like, you know, they're they're reporting all these things or I, I don't agree with journalists being able to report this stuff. You're disagreeing with the First Amendment. You're disagreeing with democracy Mm. and that's something this film explores um i have to give a shout out to to the final scene it's superb because it's steven spielberg of course so um the the pentagon papers happened and then um nixon bans any washington post journalists from the white house and then the film ends with this um police officer doing like a patrol or security guard doing a patrol and his torchlight lights up the words democratic national congress and inside and then like it goes to the outside of the building and you can see the flashlights of people in there and you hear the voiceover where he's like i think we've got a break in at the watergate building <laughs> and then it ends and you're just like oh my gosh and if you know anything about the watergate scandal it was the washington post who broke all the stories and who basically helped kick Nixon out so so you just like end that knowing that they end him and it's just the most brilliant end to the film so yeah just must see go and see it it's amazing I love it so much I want to see it again I can't wait for it to come out on DVD I've watched Spotlight like 10 times and the post will no doubt be the same oh also before my computer runs out of battery as well um so the other really, really cool little fact that goes with this movie and Spotlight is that the editor of The Post during this period is the father of one of the managing editors of the Spotlight team when they broke the Catholic Church investigation. Oh, that's cool. And it's such a cool little link. So um, Bren, Ben Bradley and Ben Bradley Jr. are the names of these two amazing journalists who did some really, really awesome reporting. So go see that. Enjoy the journalism porn. Hashtag journalism porn. <laughs> Don't hashtag that. That would be, I think that's going to be dangerous if you hashtag yeah, that. Probably. Don't hashtag that. Um, oh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up on here, which I 
addressed on Twitter and sort of links with what you were saying is in the past on this podcast, we've been quite, I guess, supportive of Craig McLaughlin's work. We enjoyed his work in The Wrong Girl, but um, some allegations have been made about him um, and I just wanted to say, like, on the podcast, if you didn't see it on Twitter, that, like, I just want to say that I don't um, yeah, I don't want to be seen to be supporting him anymore. Um, yes, and I totally yeah. support the women who've come forward. I think that they have done an amazing thing by standing up and telling their story. The reporting from 7.30 and Fairfax has been incredible yeah, and well-researched. Really yes. And because of that and the depth that that brings, I've, I really believe what they're saying. I don't I don't think after watching the interviews on 7.30 you could really doubt them because no, I didn't <sighs> doubt them before being oh, I mean, I less than a third of no, the No, no, I didn't, I didn't doubt them before that, but then oh, no, it was confirmed when I saw their yeah. I just, I was, I was really, I guess, disgusted in myself that and embarrassed that I had previously been like, oh, he's so great and funny. And like, yeah. I feel really sick that like, I used to think he was a great actor. Yeah, um, I was, I agree with you. We yeah. talked about this like Yeah, we talked about it privately well. when it happened. Um, and because I both, think I sent you the article and yes, was like, oh my did. goodness. You did because I was at work and I hadn't seen it yet. But we both sort of said, you know, you know, where we were disappointed in ourselves. We wouldn't want anyone to maybe go back and listen and be like, oh, my God, why are they these supporting, girls supporting yeah. Craig McLaughlin? No. So I so, just, yeah, I think just want to make it clear. Yeah. We and now don't. Yeah. Basically. And, yes, they're allegations, but um, we support, we support the, the women who've come forward. We support the women who have come forward. We also support every other woman, oh, man yes. who has come Anyone forward. Anyone who's come forward with allegations about- of abuse. Like it's such... Yeah, or um, sexual harassment or mistreatment in the workplace. Yeah, anything. Like it's it's such a big thing to do and it's, yeah, so it's brave a really brave step. And I am thankful um, for people who are choosing to come forward now because hopefully it means that this kind of thing won't happen as we mm. move into the future. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which also coincides nicely with um, the Women's March yeah, do you see all that? I, weekend, I love it? seeing the signs and everyone's like funky, kick-ass feminist signs. I just and I love I the, love I love that such a horrible thing, um, i.e., Trump's inauguration, mm. can be turned into something so positive and wonderful and, and so powerful. powerful. Yeah, exactly. And to show that like women everywhere. We want to have a voice. We want to give voices exactly. to the voiceless. And we can all unite against, you know, doing this, like doing this together, yeah. which I think is really good. Yeah. So um, I, I should have prepared some – I should have got some signs. Last year I remember just like screenshotting I know, so many so signs. Um, I should have thought to screenshot some. There's not any that are particularly sticking in my mind, but I, it just makes me so happy. And I'm mm. so glad it's a thing now that every year yeah, exactly. I'm going to do that. Like I think that's wonderful. I know. I think that's really good. Did you see um, Scarlett Johansson made a speech at a women's march in L.A. probably? No, I yes, didn't. Yes, I did. She made a very good speech. 
we'll link that as well. But um, <laughs> I was like, do you want to enlighten me, Caitlin? Yes. Well, I can't we'll remember link. what she said. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. link it. But um, one other thing that I just wanted to mention before we move into our discussion, mm-hmm. I have mentioned it before, and that is the Babysitters Club Club podcast. Yes, I've noticed that's been on your currently listening oh, for a while. It has. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I keep binging it. I'm like, there are so many. There's over 100 episodes. I'm, I think I'm really almost 30 in. So Have like, you started speaking like them yet? Because when I binged both My Favourite Murder and um, The Lady Gang, after a while I would start like using the same things like bleak or yeah. thirsty and then I'd say I'd say things like Karen and Georgia do like bye. Like yeah. I just, it just became part of my psyche. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I have been listening to them and thinking they have so many fun like segment names and like fun inside jokes like they have um they call their listeners the baby nation except every time they say baby nation or anything that starts with a b or any name of any of their segments they go and there's all these like <laughs> drums in the background and they're like oh my god and i'm just like why don't we have we don't have that many cool like podcast joke things i don't know that no, we do no i know because that actually makes me think of what I was going to say. Shout out and thank you for my belated Christmas present, um, which was the coolest thing for this murderino, um, which was two customized notebooks, one that says, bye, <laughs> my favorite murder, and one that says, what's my favorite quote ever, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. <laughs> and they were like customized from Redbubble, yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you could link who the seller is so that people yeah, can go check them out. Awesome. I was just beside myself. It was so exciting. I love my favorite murder merch. I just, so good. <laughs> yeah, it red, was so cute. But yeah, we don't, it does awesome. make me think that we don't have any catchphrases or anything. I think the closest we've come is like bad pronunciation on better words. And that's not really that funny. It's not as good as stay sexy, don't get murdered. No. Which makes me sad. Hey, if you guys have any ideas for us. Or have noticed things that we say that we just don't notice that we're saying all the time. Not um, though, because I say um all the time. Like, um, 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 no. I need to stop that. I need to stop that. (laughs) But anyway, um, there I go again. There are probably so (laughs) Um, many things that we have said (laughs) and joked about and that we keep repeating and we haven't noticed that they're, like, becoming our catchphrases. And I really want us to have catchphrases. I really want catchphrases too. 2018 you know is going to be the year of the catchphrase. Yes. You know what else 2018 should be? The year of the review. Please go review the podcast now. Give us a rating and a review. Please, 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 please. Guys, do it because Caitlin's just going to keep going on I and will on keep about bugging it. you until we have, like, heaps of reviews. And she'll keep bugging me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, we'll, you know, we will give shout-outs to people who review us too because exactly. we, like, literally will love you forever and we yeah. really appreciate any feedback. We have two feedback. reviews on our podcast right now and they are from DM from and Aww. from Indie. So shout-out to those girls. They, um, but they know that we love them, so that's fine. Yeah, um, especially Indie because she's been on an episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> damn it, what was I going to say? I don't know. Damn it. Oh, I have had – What? Um, no, what I was going to say was now gone from my head. Um, (laughs) okay. I've had this thing lately where I keep saying the wrong things. I keep doing it to you. I keep doing it to Jack. I keep doing it at work. And someone in chat 10 was like, 
I call it word blindness and that's the perfect thing. Like I keep saying the wrong word for the, I think it's just because I've been really busy at work and I've been doing this new role. I wish I could remember what I was going to say to you. What were we talking about? We're talking about reviews, Mm. rating. Uh, Oh, yeah, I was going to say. This is so lame. Cut this bit out. I was just going to say to you, I feel so like needy and this, this goes asking for reviews, asking for praise goes against every fiber of my being. Yeah, me too. I, I feel so it's it's kind of why I let Caitlin do all the asking because I just feel so incredibly uncomfortable. I think I should have been like born British because it just makes me so deeply uncomfortable to ask for praise. Yet if I'm given it, I just it's forever implanted in my mind oh, that one exactly. time someone was like, you do a really good job at this. I'm like, if you ah. leave us a review on Bedwords on iTunes right now, five-star rating and a review, please, thank you. Well, you can but- leave whatever rating you like, no pressure. But please don't put a one. But you can if you want because that's what we're going to talk about today. So whatever rating yeah. you like, we hope it's five, but feel free to do whatever. Yeah, just give us a rating, please. <laughs> mm. Okay, so. so ratings and reviews are actually like what we're going to talk about yeah. today. That was so, totally a planned segue. It, it, yeah, because everything's planned here. No, this is a we're going into the planned segment of our show. So hopefully this is a bit more polished. Um, oh, there we go again. Um, so uh, there's been a little bit of stuff happening in the bookish community lately, and it's not the first time it's happened. And I guess that's why no. I kind of said to Caitlin, hey, maybe we should talk about it. So we've written down a few points um, that we want to cover. So I might just kind of read what we're going to discuss about. So what we want to talk about today is the relationship between readers and authors, but particularly between bloggers and authors. Yes, Um, particularly, I guess, when it comes to writing reviews and reading reviews um, and interacting and with authors. And maybe like less than, less, than, less than positive reviews. I was going to yeah. say negative. Yeah. <laughs> Nest. And- um, um, yeah, and like interacting with authors online and things like that. Yeah. So. Um, so, I guess the thing that stuck in my mind the first time this really became part of my consciousness was um, a pretty serious thing that happened in 2014. So, in that, um, Catherine, Ka- sorry, Kathleen Hale, the author of No One Else Can Have You, which is a debut book, um, wrote a piece on The Guardian, which I think is how, I think just one day I logged onto Twitter and everyone was talking about it and I was like, what, what's going on? Um, so she wrote this piece on The Guardian about her experience with Goodreads and then she kind of focused in on one reviewer and then in the piece she goes on to describe she describes it as her growing obsession with this one reviewer and she actually goes so far as to stalk her online. She discovered she was using a pseudonym but then tracked down her real name, her real address, her real job. At one point she actually goes to her house but she doesn't knock on the door and she thinks she sees someone behind the curtains and she leaves and then she ended up calling her at work and, like, confronting her and stuff. And I actually don't know what the outcome of this is. I just remember reading that article and be, being so shocked, um, first of all, that that could happen and then that, it, that that someone could be allowed to kind of detail what they'd done like that, which I think was a severe invasion of privacy, if not 
illegal. Mm. Um, yeah, just to, an article on yeah, in, Guardian. in the Guardian, which I really, I really trust. Um, anyway, so I kind of didn't give it to, I mean, I thought about it at the time, but it's not really been a an issue for me since or anything but then um I saw some stuff happen from um Jean at Happy Indulgence she um is a blogger I think we've both interacted with and we're like seeing her online she's quite well known in the lovers YA community Mm -hmm. and I think she's one of the moderators for the Oz YA bloggers or Aussie YA bloggers um which is a Facebook group and they well it's it's more than a Facebook group but um I know her through the Facebook group as well Mm -hmm. and interacted with her a lot anyway um like kind of at the start of the month a few weeks ago she posted something about her experience um at the in like December last year, um, where she was actually threatened with legal action over a review. Um, so she explains it on her blog, which we'll link to as well, link to both these pieces. Um, but Jean kind of said that she she was meant to be part of a blog tour. She didn't like the book, and so she didn't put a full review up. But then once she pulled out of the blog tour, she kind of felt like she could share a full review and so she did and then she got threatened with um, legal action and I I don't have the specifics but I think some more stuff might have been going on with accounts being set up on Twitter to kind mm-hmm. of harass her. I, I'm not fully sh- I'm not sure of that but basically it got me thinking that maybe we could talk about this. And then what further spurred my thinking was that someone did put a post up in the Osway bloggers page in Facebook just saying, I'm a writer, I want to write reviews, but how do you go about dealing with negative reviews? Like, what's your advice? And I wrote it, I wrote up a little paragraph and it was just like off the top of my head. And then I thought, this would be an interesting discussion. So and here I we are. Actually, yes, <laughs> I actually thought the exact same thing. I had seen some of this activity um, on Twitter, particularly, I guess, um, a couple of weeks ago, this became, and towards like the end of 2017, start of 2018. follow most of the people be- who were tweeting yeah, about it. And- it um, became a bit of a topic of conversation for, you know, a day or something like a couple oh. of days um and twitter moves fast <laughs> yes it does but also um this um person in the aussie way bloggers group um i saw it came up in my feed because michelle commented on the post and i was like oh that is i was like i guess i have never given that much thought to how i write reviews i just write them Mm. and when i started to think about it a bit more i guess i do have a bit of a process and it would be interesting to analyze that a bit more and talk about it a bit more which is what we're going to do today and while we're here as well i'm just going to quickly i don't know if it's in this textbook or one of my other textbooks that might be at work um i just want to look up defamation because obviously i'm familiar with defamation i think i was pretty far away from the microphone there whoops um i'm familiar with defamation obviously so work in the media and Mm. it's something that we deal with every day um but there is actually like one of the defences to defamation, of course, is um, review, be like fair fair comment in a review, um, because uh, of course we couldn't we couldn't have restaurant reviews, movie reviews, we couldn't have any criticism of anything um, if we didn't have that. So if you're not aware of the laws in Australia, um, honest opinion or fair comment is a defence to defamation. I'm just reading from my textbook here from uni. 
something paid off, really. Um, and it requires proof that the defamatory material or the like the, the material that's subject to the defamation action was conveyed as comment, not as fact, um, and was honestly held and is a matter of public interest is based on facts stated in the material which are provided. I shouldn't have just read straight from the textbook. It's clearly a textbook. Um, so it's, it's on a matter of public interest um, or is based on facts stated in the material which are provable. Um, so, sorry, I just got it lost in reading that. So basically I think, um, I mean, I've never heard of a blogger being sued for defamation or a reviewer being sued for defamation. But I, I think... Never have either. And I think in this case, like I read the review that was in question from Jean mm -hmm. um, and definitely it was just fair comment. She didn't attack the author. She didn't attack anything. But we're not here to take a personal stance on it. But I think um, that's always something to keep in mind, that, that there is defamation laws. And, look, you can defame someone on Facebook and that's why as a, as a newspaper organisation we have to be incredibly conscious of the comments that are made on our Facebook pages because if someone decided to sue for defamation, you can sue, um, you know, someone for a Facebook comment that was mm -hmm. made on one of our newspaper sites. So I think if you are a blogger, it, it is important to have at least some knowledge of defamation and also copyright laws that um, relate to you. Anyway, that's the the boring bit over. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's talk about... Um, well, before we get into talking about like the relationship with readers, um, let's talk about how we review. Okay. So, um, how I review. Yeah. So what kind of things do you usually like to include in a review? Okay. So usually when I write a review, um, it is, I generally review every book I read oh, do because you? if I didn't, I would run out of blog content and if, well, I don't know, generally because I read books I like. If I didn't like the book, I probably wouldn't review it, which is something that you say as well, Michelle. And yes, if because I, you had a sneaky peek at my notes oh, that I wrote up at work. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, um, and also. So I was going to get like, to that later on. Yeah. Well, and also like. I have, we've discussed this a little bit before, but neither of us have found, especially in the past couple of years, being involved in this community and getting more trusted recommendations and, you know, reading authors that, um, whose work we know we like and things like that. I haven't read a book that I haven't liked in a long time. I was going to, I was going to like, well, now kind that, of a separate okay, issue. See, now that we've planned this, I'm like, let's keep on track. Yeah, um, so, and I didn't actually answer the question. No, <laughs> this, we're going to come back to this later though, because I think that's all very valid points. Okay, um, sorry, so I'll actually answer What I question. kind of meant was like, how do you approach actually sitting down to write the review? Like, what are you going to talk about in okay. your review? Okay, so I usually write notes or start a draft on WordPress and like do like some as you're points. reading yes yeah because I will usually pick up something as I'm going because then when I actually write the review I do usually like if you read any of my reviews on my blog they probably all have the phrase at the beginning of the book or towards the beginning of the book at some point because you've been the, like taking notes all the way through. Yeah, yeah so I talk about um I guess you know, my read. So like mm. a book, you know, maybe maybe at the start of the book I was expecting the story to turn out a different way and then I can discuss how like, you know, 
things changed or like, See, I think you that's, know, I like that. I like that because, um, yeah, sometimes you can go in with totally different expectations. Exactly. Or and I think it can be really great at the start and then maybe go downhill or the other way around. Exactly. You might be like, wasn't really feeling it, got to page 50 and bam, like, yeah, exactly. love Cause, it. Because sometimes, um, you know, this is the case with all books, all movies, you know, anything you think the story could be maybe a little bit slow at the start. It might, you might be wondering if it's really for you and then like oh plot twist you know so <laughs> so you um, kind of like are usually, taking notes all the way through yeah I take some notes um just generally about the way I'm feeling about the character or maybe if they said something or did something that, that I like wanted to sticks, comment on yeah I um, used to do that but I kind of haven't for maybe like a good six months ish oh really I think maybe because like I started seeing Jack and stuff and I was all over the place with like staying at his place and I just didn't like didn't always have my notebook mm-hmm. there like I used to just keep it on my bedside table and like I always just oh I don't write physical notes yeah I used to just have a cute little notebook I oh. could you know whatever I like writing this is like the only thing in my life that I don't write physical notes really for. yeah oh, I just I like the idea of physical notes and um I had this cute little Kiki K notebook mm. but I haven't like used it in ages but I did like you can go back through like it's got like two years worth of like dot points in it oh wow I know I don't oh, even know where it is anymore because we moved and I don't know where it is. So I'll probably oh. get back into it a little bit. I liked doing that. I feel I quite, like I miss more now. I like that because my notes, I said I sort of do dot points or maybe write a couple of sentences here or there on a WordPress draft or maybe in notes on my phone, which I then send and like copy and paste into WordPress. So then I lose like the notes because yeah. it gets edited into a review. Yeah, Google Docs is like the best. I was using that when I was traveling to mm-hmm. write things and stuff. Anyway, sorry, we're getting sidetracked. So what kind of stuff do you look at? Like I will look at broadly, like I like to comment on maybe like the characters, mm-hmm. um, the, the general plot, maybe like the setting if it was really memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, like because, you know, some, there are some Australian books where like the setting is feels like a character by itself. Like it's yeah. such an amazing thing. Um, so I'll comment on that. Um, general issues like, you know, was abortion discussed with was um, like teen pregnancy or like was there an issue that was discussed in there? How was that handled? Just got very like pregnancy themed there, didn't yeah. I? Was sexuality an issue? Was mm. coming out something that they talked about? Was wow, the birds outside are getting really, really Talk about into an it. Australian setting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe like sometimes maybe my emotional reaction. Yes. So like, did I like? did I find it particularly moving? And that's where sometimes I might put a bit of personal experience in there. So like, um, do you have an example? Yes, I do. Actually. I wrote this down in my notes. Okay. Um, you should have seen how fast I type. So I was just like blazing away. I had so <laughs> many ideas. Um, so I might like recently, so I just last week published um, my review of how to stop time by mm-hmm. Matt Haig, which I loved. And I started reading it while I was traveling And one of the themes of the book is kind of looking at how infinite the world and time is and how tiny we are in comparison as humans and how fleeting our time on earth is. And that was the, it it was just like one of those moments where you pick the book up at the right time because that's exactly how I was feeling about going from Australia to 
Britain and seeing all this history and I just felt so tiny and insignificant yep. and so in that case I would relate that um, when I read Untidy Towns I'd been doing a lot of stories at work about the OP results being released and it made me think yeah, about like end of school year yeah time. and it made me think about like how ridiculous that system is and I talked about that in my review um, oh another great one was Girls Will Be Girls um, mm -hmm. by Emma O'Toole which I love it's a brilliant book we're going to talk about nonfiction um, in a few weeks and I'm really excited to recommend some of my favorites but in that I talked about my strong kind of gender conformity um, and the way I grew up because I felt like it was an essential part of my reading was to kind yeah. of undo the way I'd been taught to grow up so um, I really like to do a lot of personal experience I do that sometimes I I definitely throw some experience into my reviews. I have found that um, if I sometimes talk about um, how quickly or maybe how slowly I've read a book because sometimes yeah, pace is something I talk on. Yeah, talk because about sometimes it'll be, you know, like, oh, devoured this over like a weekend mm. or, you know, started it on Tuesday night and was done by Wednesday morning or, you know, like something that's like never some, happened. No, but like, sometimes you know, it's relevant because like I was saying about how to stop time, I found it really easy to put down. And I said in my story, like, this is not a criticism. It's just, it's a book you can like soak in. in. Yeah. You yeah. like want to absorb the story. And so some things that can be like a total selling point. And I always like to talk about that too. Yeah. Well, exactly. Cause sometimes that is a good thing like that you want to, you know, in really savor a book. And so, yeah, I guess I throw my notes in the background. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sometimes I do talk about pace. Um, sometimes it'll be an experience of, you know, literally me when I was physically reading it. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned reading, you know, started reading this book on the beach and it was so relaxing or um, yeah. in my review for Untidy Towns, I will be mentioning that I read it in the, in pool. the pool and wanted to scare Michelle, <laughs> which um, I mentioned last week. But do you, like, I think, I think the thing for me is when I review a book, I don't really review it for other people. Like I review it for me to reflect on my reading experience. Like, cause I mean, let's be honest, there are not many people reading my blog and if someone does read it, I'm I'm thrilled. If you find a book that you want to read because of that, I'm I'm over the moon. But really, like I view my blog as I guess a bit of a diary of my reading experience. Yeah. I guess like I I sort of view my blog in the same way. I write th about things because I want to write about them. Mm. Um, and just to kind of get them out of your system and to understand oh, totally. them more. Definitely. Um, and, you know, I still have, like, different ideas or, you know, will publish a review for, like, some latest new book or, you know, whatever. Like, mm. we all do it. But um, while I have to admit I do, you know, write these reviews and I, I try not to um, – like give away spoilers or something like that. I'm usually a bit more cautious about that if the book is newer. If I'm mm. reviewing a book that is like mm. a couple years old, I don't really care. Um, but I also never say like, oh, be warned, spoilers or anyway. Um, but I do find myself, this is probably where the marketing side of me comes in, is that the last line or last little conclusion of a review is usually like, if you want a good weekend read, pick up blah, 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 or, you know. I must say I like to make the sell on that last little 
thing too. And I'm like, hmm, what would I like to read on a book? And that's getting very ahead of myself. But yeah, um, yeah I like to do that too. And I think um, I think that's a good way to sum it up though. Do you do yeah. ratings? I, see I, I can't remember if you do ratings. No, I don't do ratings on my blog. Like mm-hmm. I will never publish a review with like, you know, a star rating or whatever. I do um, I do, do ratings on Goodreads because when you click I'm finished this book, it like comes up and I just I always do no one. rating. Really? Since, since I decided, like I used to do ratings um, and a few years ago, we'll link, we should link back to the blog post because it's too much, you know, rambling for me to go on about it here. But basically a few years ago I decided not to do ratings anymore. It just isn't a system that I think is conducive. I think people look at, you know, they'll just – look at the rating be like that's two stars I'm not even going to read the review or oh, it's fine. like they just look at the rating first and they don't really take in what you're saying or really consider it and I think ratings are such a simplified way for often what is a very complex feeling about book that I have yeah and since then I've always done no rating on Goodreads because I literally just can't I just want to feel things about the book and I don't want to assign a star to it. Um, and I wonder if that's part of the problem as well with reviewers because they be. see like three stars is bad when really on Goodreads three it says is three good. stars is good. Yeah, I know. No, but I think it's got this reputation like... of being bad because everyone wants a five-star review. And so I, I just got I just wanted to get out of it because I felt like it wasn't really, it wasn't adding anything to my blogging. So I decided to stop um doing yeah. ratings to be honest, I've never really thought about it that much until now and I only do stars because it comes up and very I don't think I've ever given a book on Goodreads below three mm. um so I guess that brings us to how you approach writing a negative review or even one where you're just a bit ambivalent about it like you're a bit nah, it was okay but it wasn't fantastic actually before I answer that question I just want to quickly ask you do you write reviews on Goodreads I used to cross post on Goodreads but to be honest I just can't be bothered anymore I think I have written one review I on used actual to. Goodreads and it was for flawed I used to copy Cecilia I used to Hearn. copy and paste them across oh no I, I can't be bothered anymore. I wrote like maybe a one paragraph review for flawed by Cecilia Ahern because I was overseas when I finished reading it oh, and I had to, to get my yeah. thoughts out about it I am um, I really enjoyed it I use Goodreads more now just to keep track of my own reading and my own well, exactly, reading list of like what I've read me too most I, of, I, I used to I mean when I started blogging I was using that as my community but now I found my community on Twitter and Instagram and so really Goodreads is just a tracking device for me mm. I don't really interact with it sometimes I look at some of the reviews but to be honest I won't I don't usually read reviews for books that I want to read straight away mm. um I'm more go off like, oh, um, you know, this person mentioned this in their video, I'll add that. Or I've seen this person talking about this on Instagram, I'll add yeah. that. Or Caitlin's been telling me to read this book for two years, maybe I should read it. Nah. <laughs> nah. All right. So Have you sorry. read Summer Skin yet? Oh, crap. Yeah, See? I still haven't read Fangirl. See, yeah, we're exactly. in the same boat. Okay. Okay, so negative review. How do you approach it? And I think this comes back to what you were saying before about do you have you written a negative review? I don't think I have. I think the most, what I can think, I'm not going to name names or anything, but like what I can think in my head is probably the most negative review I've ever written was, I still really enjoyed the book. There was just like, (laughs) I think um, maybe one of the main characters or like a main character's friend or something like that. I was like, I didn't really connect to this character. I didn't, you know, and like that was it. I didn't hate the book. I didn't, 
I still, but see, this is where I think it comes in is that when I was writing that review, I was still conscious that I, you know, it wasn't like one of my favorites, you know, it's not on like my top 10 list, favorite books of all time or, you know, anything like that. I did enjoy the book. I know a lot of other people have enjoyed this particular book a lot more than I did. That always happens. We yeah, enjoy different reading things. Reading is totally subjective. Um, it's totally subjective to your experiences. And when I wrote this review, there were so many aspects of this book that I really did enjoy. It, and I just focused on those aspects in my review rather than writing a review about how I didn't connect like to this one, one little, character like one or little one little storyline or, yeah. you know, one issue or whatever I talked so, about the things that I did like about the book so I like to call that a compliment sandwich and I like a to do that sandwich. I know that is how I deliver feedback to people at work and that is how I like to do my like review compliment criticism compliment basically but what I'll do is like put it's 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 less than a sandwich, I guess, because I kind of leave the negative thing to like maybe the last sentence and then I come in with a nice overall conclusion, summing mm -hmm. up. Um, but I like to put the good stuff up the top and then I might be like, oh, one thing that, you know, felt a little bit off to me or something. Mm -hmm. um, but like you were saying before, I've not needed to write a negative review for a long time because I simply don't, I don't, well, I DNF books. I mark them as did not finish. Um, and I know you don't, but I, I won't finish reading a book I'm not enjoying. And so it's very rare that I finish, even finish a book that I didn't really enjoy. And I'll never review something that I didn't finish. Yeah. So I think that just means, although I have written, um, bad reviews in the past of, there was a book that I got sent, um, and I think my main problem with that was the premise was so, so different. And that's probably, you know, that's not even the author's fault. I think it was the, it was sold as something completely different to what it turned out to be. Kind of like when Deadpool was trying to market itself as a romantic comedy around, cause it came out around Valentine's Day. <laughs> I guess so. I Is guess so. Any, I just, yeah, thought, probably. That was great marketing. No, what happened like, was that they focused on, movie. they focused on an event. They focused on the London riots, for example. Well, not for example, that's what they did. They focused on the London riots, mm -hmm. making it that that was what the book was about. Really, it was like the last 20 pages of the book. And that that's why I kept going because I was fascinated in the London riots mm -hmm. and I wanted to read this YA book about them and it, it didn't deliver on that front. And that's also probably when I got even stronger about my opinions about not reading blurbs, which I've talked about before. Yeah. But it's very rare that I – and I, I had some issues with the way the character acted in that and so I thought well, I'll write a negative review only because, um, like, there were some things I felt needed to be addressed with his character, which I didn't like. Mm -hmm. um, but to be honest, yeah, you know, it's still then it should be all about the book. Um, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later too. But um, from memory, some of the things I've criticised that haven't been like a negative review per se, but I've said, mm, you know, didn't like this. I might have said something about like lack of character development. That really gets me. Um, and that's just our personal reading yeah, style Yeah, oh, this is well. just our personal reading style. I'll call that ableism when I see it in a mm -hmm. book. Um, toxic relationships or maybe like some pacing issues. So like it was really, really fast at the start and then it just was really slow or it was really slow at the start and then it was like super fast, like too fast. Um, but I, I don't like to 
yeah, I see a lot of those things I mentioned will just be a small part of what is, an like you said, an overly positive review, yeah. um, a book you overwhelmingly enjoyed but thought mm, could have been, you know, a little bit better if this had been changed. Yeah, and every time I think that about anything, whether it be a book or a TV show or a movie or even like a song or mm. whatever, you know, some people will like it and some people don't. And whenever I think about these things that maybe I don't like as much as other people, um it's always I don't know it's always subjective well that's actually what I kind of wanted to segue into which is um I just realized like the the listeners cannot see all the hand gestures I do like I know you keep like, doing like segue into and I've got like, like these hand, hand gestures hand. um I'm just a very expressive person okay there we go again hand gestures oh my goodness okay so I kind of wanted to think, what's your take on the, the incidents that we've discussed and, and this idea, like this relationship between authors and bloggers? Okay, so the first thing I want to say about the relationship between authors and bloggers is that every author I've had the pleasure of interacting yeah, with Yeah, oh, that's the other thing. We're, so we're, neither of us have, like, ever had a bad experience with an author, no. especially our Australian authors. We love them yeah. so, so our much. Our YA authors. Yeah, they're, they're just so absolute darlings. Yeah. I love them all and I've never had a bad experience with one I've of never them. had a bad experience with an author. I've never really seen um, this happen online to anyone, I guess, that I've also interacted with or mm. any other bloggers that I, you know, follow closely. Oh, until now, like until Jean. Yeah, like, I've until that. That was, like, yeah. the first time I've really seen something like this happen firsthand, I guess. Mm. Um, so yeah, all the, <laughs> there goes Percy. No, that's not Percy. Isn't it? No. Nah. Oh no. It must be like the next door neighbor's dog or something. Um, I know my dog's bark. Um, yeah. So all the authors I've interacted with, you know, I've always found them to be very nice to interact with. I am conscious sometimes of not, you know, like if I write a review for a book or whatever, um, I'm not going to tag them in every single Twitter post because it's like, who wants that many notifications? You know, I'm conscious of things like that. I might yeah. tag them once or twice because also it's I a case of- I might tag them a couple of times. It depends, yeah. but it depends like- It depends on who it is sometimes. It depends on who it is because some of them, them we have working relationships with, especially with this podcast now. And there are some people, wow, there are a lot of dogs outside today. Um, some people like I've worked with on like multiple posts- on, mm-hmm. on my blog and then we've worked with them for better words and yeah. you kind of feel and once you've spoken to them on the phone for better words too like I feel like we've got this more personal connection and yeah. um, um so and I might tag them a bit more yeah but in every case that has made interacting with them easier and more enjoyable and has made me think of their books more fondly yeah um which is a good thing in one ca- in some cases but in some cases attaching an author to a novel um is not really what we should be doing which is oh, a whole it, other it topic. Oh it definitely no it definitely needs to be done after the fact after yeah. you've done the review. Um so from from my perspective I really really strongly believe that the text should stand alone. The text yeah. should stand by itself. And, and that goes for the, the reader and the writer because as the reader you shouldn't be saying, oh, well, the author believes this and so it's obvious in the book. No, the text should stand alone. Yeah. From an author perspective, you can't tell people how to interpret your book because once it's out there in the exactly. world, 
it is it's, it's own distinct thing once it's printed it's but kind of done not unfortunately though because okay so i was speaking to jasmine about this this morning jasmine mm-hmm. my lovely friend from the uk she works in publishing as well and i asked her if i could kind of rephrase and like um like Marathon. say yeah some of what she had kind of said to me and she made the very valid point that like you have to remember with a with a book deal like this um you know that author is being paid for their work mm-hmm. um and once they're being paid it, it becomes a like it becomes like public property kind of um and I'm sorry I'm butchering her words we had such a lovely chat about this um but basically yeah, what you've taken that author has has been paid in advance for it. They've signed a contract. It it it's not your property anymore. Um, and like, of course, it is, but you don't get to tell people how to interpret that. No, of course not. And like authors, the thing with reading um, any media or watching any thing or listening to anything is that you'll bring your own interpretation to it. Yeah, um, which is kind of like what you said. And what I've said before about, you know, feeling like you read a book at the right time because mm. of what it was about or mm. things like that. You bring your own interpretation. Like you might read um, How to, to Stop Time and be like, this is so boring. Why did Michelle like this? Mm. But for me it was the right time. Exactly. And that's what like reading is subjective. But yeah. um, the other thing, the other point I've made as well was that it's exactly the same with films, with music, with clothing, like um, exactly. I Hating a character know. in a movie or TV yeah, like, show doesn't mean that it's God, the I actor's fault. I wrote an absolutely scathing review of Me Before You um, and it's still on my blog. Um, but that's not like... I, Sam that, Claflin or Amelia Clark's fault. No, and it's not the fault of the director. And, yes, some of the issues probably were partially the fault of the writer because some of the issues I brought up were about disability mm. awareness. And Which some of it, she wrote look, some of, some of the issues were also about the casting of those people. And, look, this is a totally different topic. But what I mean is, like, it's the same as uh, it's this, uh, I've, I wrote a little bit here, which I thought was, was quite a good point to make, which is it's no more or less effort um, to, to write a book than, you know, a designer who spends their life working to get a celebrity to wear their clothes and then it's on the worst dress list. Like, mm. or, or a, a director who spends their whole life working on this movie and then it's slammed by everyone. Like mm. writing a book is is the same amount of love and effort and, you know, the same amount of love and effort and personal um, and professional development goes into crafting any other media or any other art form. Yet, for some reason, we feel like books are more personal and books are, do you know, like, yeah. Other forms of artwork are just as personal for those creators, yet we feel happy to slam the movie because it's a, it's a multi million dollar thing. And we can say Steven Spielberg, like, that was shit. Like, yeah, you know, and we're happy example. to say that. Or, oh, for or example, you know, which people, just reminds me, I forgot to mention something really important at the start of this. I was just about to make a point. Sorry. You know, like it's, I guess it's, you know, what you said. It's like a week and say, oh, that movie was bad. Or like when people, you know, hate Taylor Swift's new album or exactly. um, think that, you know, so-and-so's got like a weird haircut or whatever. Like it's not a person. Mm. Like why, why is it different? And like, you know, we it's all well and good to be like, we shouldn't criticize, criticize anything. Everything is great. But, like, there's a difference between criticizing, you know, like someone's work as a person or, you know, for doing mm. 
But oh, and I just, like, I just don't know why don't know. we see books as separate from all those other things we feel like we can criticize. Books do feel more personal, though, but because but, you imagine it in your own head. That's probably why. Maybe, maybe that's why. I mean, I want to hear everybody else's thoughts on this, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't because, like you know, like I said, like crafting this gown for someone isn't any less of your heart being poured into this artwork. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think. I don't think there's any place for censoring negative reviews. Negative reviews are an important part of any kind of community, negative restaurant reviews, negative hotel reviews. I want to, I want the honest opinion. And if you didn't like it, I, I, yeah, there's no point sugarcoating a negative restaurant review. If it means that the food is bad and you're not going to enjoy your meal. Yeah. And same 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 with the book. Like, and what but is a negative there's a difference between a negative restaurant review and personally attacking the chef? Oh, exactly. There's a difference between like Gordon Ramsay level of aggression <laughs> in a review mm. and saying, look, I had some issues with this. And it's the same with reviews as well. Like I think it's it's always got to be um, courteous and everything. Um, and like, you know, it's funny because sometimes what one person may consider a bad review is is not a bad review at all, you know? Like it, it might just be oh, that. Exactly. Everyone will probably be going through our blogs and being like, oh, these girls have never written a bad review in their lives. What are they talking about? <laughs> no, I've definitely written some where I criticise things. But um, what I mean is like a bad review might, someone might look at that and be like, oh, I'm still going to pick it up. Like none of those things seem like an issue to me. Or yeah. I might have read a book and gone, you know, it wasn't really for me whatever, someone still won't pick that up. Like it might not have been for me because I don't usually read that genre. And I make that very clear in a review. If yes, it's like, so do I. You know, I don't usually read the fantasy, for example. You and I are not big fantasy readers. Mm-hmm. You might read a book and go, look, I didn't wholly enjoy it. Like I like these aspects, but, you know, maybe it's because I don't read much fantasy. Yeah. And then someone exactly. who reads fantasy might be like, yeah, it doesn't sound like an issue And we've to me. commented on this before that we see other people you know, write reviews. We read other bloggers' reviews of books that we loved and, mm. you know, weren't for them because they're more into sci-fi or, mm. you know, whatever. Yeah. So, you know. To each their own. Exactly. To each their own. I feel like we're talking like very fast and I do apologise yeah, to the sorry. listeners for that. Um, but we just have so much to say on this issue. So I guess to kind of bring it all bring it all together, um, what should bloggers do and what should authors do to make sure that we don't end up in this situation again where either party feels threatened or unsafe in voicing their opinion? Um, I think it's important for um, all parties involved in this, whether it be bloggers, authors, Instagrammers, YouTubers, people who simply write reviews, you know, on Goodreads or people who write reviews professionally, um, you know, from news publications or work in publishing or whatever the case may be if you're involved at all in this little bookish community of ours just be kind yeah I think that's the simplest advice it's the simplest advice but there you know you can still write a negative review if you didn't enjoy a particular novel um maybe try and pick out a good point because I guarantee there's probably something you enjoy compliment sandwich people compliment sandwich yeah um I think and always remember that just because you didn't like, you know, even maybe you didn't like one particular, you know, one book that an author wrote. If they've got multiple works, chances are you might enjoy one of the other ones. Mm. Or, you know, maybe you didn't enjoy a book because of a particular personal experience or belief that you hold and 
you know, if you're aware of that, then that means that lots of other people probably enjoyed the book as well. Mm. Um, I think something is like being a journalist, obviously I get um, a lot of weird and negative and strange feedback on some stories I write on Facebook Um, and you just have to let it go. Uh, I know what I was doing with those stories. I know the effort I put into a story, for example, that that may get criticised by some random person on Facebook who's read the the title of it and decided that I'm wrong somehow and, Mm -hmm. hey, I might be. I'm willing to listen to any constructive criticism and I think that's the difference too. When you're writing these things, remember that a person's going to read them. And yes, you might not yeah. tag the author and don't don't tag the author in a negative review, but they might still read it, and yeah. they're a person too. And authors, if you do read a negative review, maybe try and I know it's probably hard. I would hate for anything I do to be criticised. We all would, but chance you know chances are it just means that maybe the genre isn't for them maybe that person didn't connect directly with never, the main character ever 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 engage with that negative review maybe go talk to someone else who's a writer and be like oh i just got this negative review like what should i do just vent we do that in the newsroom all the time like i'll read out a comment and be like i can't believe these people wrote this and oh you know vent with someone else not online is very healthy but um if you vent online you're basically doing the same thing as them yeah um you don't need but that but much more negative energy in the world. So don't be negative just for the sake of being negative. <laughs> yeah, but also don't sense yourself. Like, and especially... Everyone is entitled to their opinion. They are. And especially if the book has genuine things that you see as real issues. So, for example, it might promote ableism or it, it might be um, sexist or... or homophobic or, or racist. Homophobic or promoting or, the wrong ideals. Don't ever... You know, yeah, or maybe don't ever think. Oh, I don't. Or... I don't want to say anything because the author might read it. And not like I'm not encouraging you all to like slam books. But what I'm saying is, if if you feel there's a genuine issue to be raised there, don't shy away from raising that issue mm-hmm. as a blogger. But also, authors um, remember that bloggers don't get paid for. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, a, a small majority <laughs> might get some sort of monetary reward, but it's for the most part. Free. Exactly. You have been paid to write all the amazing books that you do. We are not enough, to be honest. Oh, not, no, enough. not enough. We are <laughs> thrilled to read them. Between Michelle and myself, we both have our own blog. We combine work on this podcast. We've put a lot of money into this we, podcast. You put a lot of time into we, both our blogs. Yeah, forget and, money. We put enough time in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as having other full time jobs and other commitments in our lives, just like so many other bloggers do. And you know, it's because we love it. Yeah, we love reading and, and that's why we blog and that's why we review. And overwhelmingly this community has been wonderful. Like we said, never yeah. had a bad experience. Yeah, we have never had a bad experience with any of you. I hope no one is listening to this being like, oh, my God, I hope I haven't been like this. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we've never had a bad experience with anyone. No, no subtext I think it's, here. It's interesting just to talk about it and kind of gauge because every reviewer will also have an opinion on it. And, yeah. um, and I'm not like saying- I said, I never gave that much thought to how I actually write reviews, but I do mm. have a process. I just hadn't really given it. Yeah, thought. no, that was really, I when I wrote that comment the other day, I was like, oh, I should have really stopped to think about this, what, like, yeah. what I look for yeah. in a review. Um, oh, just keep saying um all the time. <laughs> hey, Caitlin, where can people find us? You're much better at this than me. Well, marketing. Um, 
You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Better Words Pod. Um, you can go to our website, betterwordspodcast.com. All of our show notes are there. You can subscribe to our newsletter. And please, please, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on anywhere else where you're listening to this podcast. Um, we would really, really appreciate it. And if you ever comment or tweet us or anything, know that we love you forever. And if you write us a review, we'll shout you out on the podcast. We really love it. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know your thoughts. Be kind, everyone. Be kind. Be kind. And just remember, you never know what's going on in other people's lives. So just be exactly. kind. And and bring your own experiences to books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, just be kind, everyone. Okay, Bye. bye.